Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. You still have riots going on in cities. You now have new things happening in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, where a man with a knife attacked a cop. He was shot and killed, and the people are still deciding to attack the local police precinct. Never mind the shooting that took place in Los Angeles, California. Two cops in their car. There's a manhunt for the person who did it. And people were seen at the scene laughing, thrilled that cops were being shot at. Then you've got the entire NFL, which I'm about to get into. Are people still fans of all of it? Are they going to keep watching these games? Now, all these subjects are serious subjects, and wait till you see how deep the rabbit hole goes. But I thought it was when the moment comes and the opportunity strikes and the good news exists, we should start with it. Well, it's a sunny day. I feel brand new. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. 833, got Tony. 833-468-8669. Tim Kennedy saying that Joe Rogan is willing to moderate a debate between Joe Biden and President Trump. Four hours, no live audience, just candidates, cameras, and their vision of the country. So Tim Kennedy puts this out on Twitter and says, who wants this? And President Trump responds, I do. Oh my goodness gracious. America would love to see a debate between Biden and Trump hosted by Joe Rogan. There's a, there's just, you, you would believe that Joe Rogan is interested in getting answers to questions. And he'd probably ask some pretty insightful questions. Me, I'd, I would love to moderate the debate between those two. What are you kidding? Be, what a joy. What an absolute joy uh, that, that would be. But Rogan has got himself one heck of a platform right there on Spotify for the world to see. People would pay unlimited amounts of money to watch that happen. And wouldn't you want to see that happen? Actual conversation where people got to talk, where people were actually pressed on their answers. And Trump, it didn't even take a second. It didn't take a second. So this came out at like at 8 p.m. last night. This this thing about doing a podcast or doing a debate that Joe Rogan offered to, uh, to debate, the, to moderate the debate. And Trump... 12 hours later, he's like, I'd do it. So he woke up in the morning, saw the tweet, he's like, oh, oh yeah, I would do that unquestionably. Let's go to work. See, there are still some possibly good things out there in the world. Some things to look forward to. It's never going to happen. But oh, would I love to be wrong about this one. The NFL played this weekend. And they showed you multiple ways that they can move whatever message it is they're trying to move. I don't know at this stage of the game what message they're trying to move. Some of them took a knee. Some of them stood. Some of them got with the other team and they locked arms. In the case of, for example, the Indianapolis Colts, the players locked arms, but the head coach, Frank Reich, took a knee. I don't know, but they've got a statement. Wait till you hear it. 
Some teams didn't come out at all. I'm not quite sure the message they're trying to move. I'm not quite sure what it is they're trying to do with America. But there was moments in every single broadcast about here are the players working on social justice and racial justice and working on uh, systemic racism. No one ever names a system. No one ever has the decency to say, here's the system we want to eradicate. But, But they talk about it. They talk about it all the time. The Indianapolis Colts. Today, our football team made a statement on behalf of the black communities in our state of Indiana, but also on behalf of all black communities from where our players and coaches call home. Our intent is to bring attention to the issue of systemic racism and the justice, injustice inherent therein, but they don't mention the inherent racism. We also wanted to demonstrate a symbolic gesture of how we believe meaningful change happens. Now, they want to be clear that they're not protesting the flag, the anthem, or the men and women who wear the uniform. All they want to do is highlight the presence, power, and oppression of racism and that it remains inconsistent with the unity and freedoms of what it means to be an American. I agree. Racism is incongruent with the American way of life, which is why I oppose anti-racism, because that is bigoted. Anti-racism is racism. Any amount of study will show you this. Fighting discrimination with discrimination and fighting future discrimination with discrimination. Meaning you can discriminate against somebody now because you think in the future they're going to be a bigot. That's bigotry in and of itself. So they say they've got uh, two things they're doing. They, st- they took a step forward and then the coach, Frank Reich, took a knee. On stepping forward. Making significant process to end racism requires all of us to step forward. More specifically, it requires white leaders stepping forward to bring about real change to eliminate discrimination and equal equal the playing field in all areas, such as housing, education, and law enforcement. The changes we need are not short-term fixes. Rather, they are system changes that will have generational impact. Now, the conversation about housing has focused on the idea of loans, things called redlining, which don't exist anymore. And if you saw it exist today, I would work with you to rip it out by the root. Why would I ever be in favor of such a thing? Redlining was the policy by which certain people weren't able to get loans to buy homes in certain areas to keep them white, but also to keep them not Jewish. Jews were absolutely affected by redlining. So could you argue we're a whole host of people. Now, if there are people so woke and so bigoted that they don't want to recognize the other groups affected by redlining, well, that's up to them. I will have no part of it. We will have the totality of the conversation here. And those bigots, unwilling to have the totality of the conversation, we push them to the side. They're not necessary. It's not really necessary for us to... uh somehow placate the bigot, is it? Is that necessary for us? I mean, maybe they'll be listening and they'll learn something. That's always possible. Redlining affected more than just black Americans. Redlining is wrong. I don't think it takes any work to say such a thing. I don't think it takes any work to say such a thing at all. If you can afford the house, you get the loan, you're good. Just that easy. But when you talk about housing, education, and law enforcement, what does it mean to equal the playing field in education? Is the argument 
that a child who is black is not able to get an education or that the money is not as plentiful as in white neighborhoods. To say that would to say would be to say that the only thing dividing people is the color of their skin. The bigotry within is that it does not account for any personal conversations, personal responsibility or other considerations. Jobs meaning the jobs that they've taken, the work, the work that they've done in the job, the advancement, the advancement they've created for themselves, or bad decisions or poor luck. Nor does it recognize the fact that there are plenty of poor white people in the United States possibly dealing with the same consideration. This is not a conversation about me saying, oh, that's, that, of course, that's just not true. It could very well be true what's being said. But if it is not analyzed in its totality, it is useless. It's as useless as stepping forward. And as for housing, I, I, I you know, I, I, I said housing. As, as for law enforcement, sorry. I'm not sure what they mean at all. I'm not sure what they mean at all. The law should be applied equally to all. I agree with this. And we should take a look at things that happen and ask ourselves what happened. We want to argue this case in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. The guy is in his house, a woman comes out, and then this guy comes out with a knife running at a cop. He got shot and killed. Then you have activists throwing rocks at the police department. There's not an activist who shouldn't get hit with a rubber bullet. You don't get to throw rocks at the police department because a guy with a knife chases a cop. Are you out of your mind? And if there isn't a uh, member of a pro team an athlete willing to say so, then of what value are the athletes because they are unserious in their conversation? Because they have not yet brought to America a focus. They have brought to America a conversation about anger, but they have not brought to America a focus. If you say to me that law enforcement is not being, uh, is not being applied equally, well, let's go to work. But show the place, and then we can fix the thing. If you say to me that a black man chasing a cop with a knife and the officer shoots the man to stop him, right? Does the officer have to wait to get stabbed? Because if so, sorry, you're not a serious person. You wouldn't wait to be stabbed. And if you would wait to be stabbed, well, then you're also a fool. You're also a fool. It's fight or flight, not fight or flight or acceptance. Right? <laughs> Let's at least make sure how this works. It's one thing to say that the law should be applied equally. It's another thing to say it's wrong for a cop to live to see tomorrow. That's why you take a look at each case individually. That's why you engage investigations and you deal with each case individually. Not everything that happens is a reason for activists to set fire to things, break doors, and throw rocks at people. So the other thing they, the, the Indianapolis Colts have is, is on kneeling. It is not a posture of defiance, but rather one of humility taken by the white community to acknowledge the injustice and inequality that is present and to find the courage and resolve to make the changes needed. I'm not a theologian, guys. Not. But I'm pretty sure the only time that you take a knee or you bow your head is when you're discussing, you know, engage and humble yourself, is that that's in front of God. In front of another man? No chance in hell. 
And if that's what it takes to show one's humility, well, then I guess I'm out. And I must at least address the fact that Frank Reich doesn't speak for me. But Frank Reich can speak for himself. The Colts can speak for themselves. I mean, I'm just sharing with you what one team did. The, the Miami Dolphins, they put out a video. They're just going to stay inside. They're not going to come out for the National Anthem. They're just going to stay inside. Okay. Then you had the game between the Falcons and I forget who it was. Was it the Seahawks? Yeah, and it's kickoff, and after kickoff, the whole both teams took a knee right there on the on the field. Well, I'm pretty sure that's not how the game is played, but fine. No one is going to get worked up over this anymore. The NFL, the NBA, Major League Baseball, Major League Soccer—they have made their peace with this. They have made their decisions, and now we're going to see what happens. I have no idea what the ratings are. I have no idea how people are going to take these things. None. Less than none. I do know this. Colin Kaepernick thinks you're all a bunch of jokes. Colin Kaepernick saying on Twitter, while the NFL runs propaganda about how they care about black life, they are still actively blackballing Eric Reed for fighting for the black community. Eric set two franchise records last year and is one of the best defensive players in the league. I guess Eric Reed isn't on a team. I didn't know he wasn't on a team. And then, uh, and then you've got this from Resist Programming. The NFL is using a clip of Colin Kaepernick and Eric Reed taking a knee in their Lift Every Voice and Sing video playing across stadiums today. The song yearns for liberty, yet the NFL owners are denying Colin and Eric the freedom to play. First, uh, you, you don't have the freedom to play. You have to earn a spot on the team. That's number one. Uh, and uh, number two, if I, if I can be so bold, if Colin Kaepernick says that it's all propaganda, why, why shouldn't I believe him? After all, he's, he's the guy who started all of this, right? He's the martyr. He's the hero. So why shouldn't I look at the Indianapolis Colts and say, just a bunch of propaganda? You don't actually care. After all, it's an NFL team. It's the NFL running propaganda. Or maybe there's a difference and I don't know it. Because everyone could decide there's a difference on all things. Maybe he just means the NFL and not the teams and not the coach and not the players. Maybe that's what uh, Colin Kaepernick means. But whatever the NFL is doing, he has decided it's not enough. What could ever be enough? What could ever be enough? That's the question that so many people are asking. Are those people mostly white? I don't know. Maybe, maybe, but it would be in the, you know in the same way that you would think all black people think like that's not true. What what an awful thing to say! That what a Joe Biden thing to say. I don't think black people think alike. I think that they are uh, that they are people and they have different thoughts and different ideas and they don't have a a monochromatic mind. They have different views on, on the world, which is something that certainly doesn't work for those people on the political left who demand absolute fealty to a way of thinking because of the color of one's skin or another identifying characteristic or sexual orientation, etc. The Colts ended their uh, little their their statement with "Join us. We will not be silent. We will not be neutral. We will not be passive." Okay, but neither will the fan. Now. The fan is different, and not every fan is going to see it the same way, which is exactly the point. 
Some black fans might see it one way, and some black fans might see it another, and some white fans might see it one way, and some white fans might see it another. But they are not going to be silent or neutral or passive either. When they decide to boo you on the field, are you going to call them bigots? Because they're not bigots. They're just not being silent, neutral, or passive. They just want to see a game. Then again, I don't know how many of them are going to keep watching. But this is all for the NFL to decide. They built this social justice bed. They have to lay down in it. You and I don't. You and I don't have to kind of work it out. Let them work it out. What we have to do is be fully aware of the conversation being had and whether or not there is a rational basis for it. And if you tell me you want to equal the playing field in all areas, such as housing, education, and law enforcement, you have to show me what isn't equal. Because I think that members of a football team can equal housing uh, inequality really quick by buying people houses. They got the money. They've got the money. Go. Go put another million dollars, two million dollars, five million dollars to education in the school districts you want to. Take your money and do it. I'm not the one stopping you. You got sometimes you got to sacrifice for the equality you're going for. Or maybe we could discuss what the equality is. Cuz that's not getting discussed. It we need to understand what it is we mean. Equality in housing does not mean everybody gets the same house. Because that's centralized planning and I hope you enjoy your one concrete room that three families live in. Equality under the law. That's the only thing we should ever have. Show me where it doesn't exist and we can work on it. That, that's something that should happen. Point out, we're talking about, for example, this specific law or these three specific laws. Okay, let's take a look at them. Let's go. We don't hear that. We hear these sweeping generalities. These things, I don't think, connect. And I'm not quite sure whether or not the average fan is even reading statements like this or watching the videos uh, from, from the Dolphins. They turn on the games on Sunday and just want to see a game. And when they get inundated with social justice stuff and people not talking about Lancaster or not talking about Los Angeles or not talking about riots, they say, oh, this is hypocrisy. And they tune out. I argue if you want to discuss it, discuss all of it. But these piecemeal things, they don't have enough to them. Then again, this is for the NFL to figure out. I think we have much bigger issues to deal with. I'm Tony Katz.